Welcome to episode 5 of Fangirls Guide to TV. I'm Nora. I'm Dana. I'm Pav. I'm Liv. And for this podcast, we're going to be breaking down all of our favorite pilots from September, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, to start off, we're going to be talking about The Good Place, NBC's new Thursday night comedy. So, The Good Place uh, is a new comedy that stars Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, and basically the plot of the show is Kristen Bell's character, Eleanor, uh, dies and ends up going to the quote-unquote good place, which is this heaven-like universe, uh, but not exactly that. It's like a utopia, sort of, but the big conflict so far is that it turns out that Eleanor is not who they think she is. It's been a, it's a case of mistaken identity, and since she is not a quote-unquote good person, uh, a bunch of disaster is ensuing uh, throughout the planet. I really liked this pilot. I thought it was very interesting and definitely brought something to the table that a lot of the other comedies don't. I also think it's the first time since Parks and Rec ended that NBC kind of has a comedy that can stand out. It's had some like failures and really that Thursday night comedy slot hasn't really been filled since mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. Um, so I really think it's a great concept and I think we're going to dive a little deeper. I think all of us agree we're not sure how this can continue yeah. past yeah. season one. Yeah because right now I feel like it's going off of just the premise of there being a good place. You know I do think it's clever and funny but I don't know how they're going to make it last. I don't know how long the gimmick is going to last for. How long the storyline can last, how much can they actually say with Eleanor staying in a good place when she's not supposed to be there. Exactly. Where can this story go? Exactly. Before the show just starts to run out of steam. Yeah, I think that it's definitely has my attention right now in the moment because it is funny and it is clever and I like the actors in it and I like what's happening right now but in the back of my mind I can't thinking where is this going, but not necessarily in a good way. I can't see how they're going to push past the next couple of episodes, and I kind of hope that as we continue to watch it, we're going to see how the story develops a little bit and see Mm -hmm. that this is going to sort of um, expand more, and we're going to see how they're going to continue on with this sort of trend. Who knows? Hopefully it'll surprise us, because I do enjoy it. It's it's not like I don't enjoy the show. Mm -hmm. I'm just a little pessimistic about it. Um... One way I think they're going to try to stretch the storyline out is by showing the lives of its characters on Earth before death, uh, concurrent with whatever is happening in The Good Place. Yeah. And hopefully they'll be able to pull some more longevity out of that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think all the characters are very interesting. Mm -hmm. And they're definitely, it's not like a repeat of characters we've seen before. I'm constantly surprised by them in the first two episodes, which acted as, like, their pilot. I love Kristen Bell. I'm just wondering if she can carry the show just being Kristen Bell for as long as I kind of hope it can go. I don't know. Like, she's a great actress. She's hilarious. But I don't know if her star power alone will be able to carry it Mm -hmm. longer than a season. One of the things we agreed we loved, though, was at the beginning when they were showing us how they calculate the point system yeah, yeah. and how you are, how they say that you are a good person or a bad person and how that Oh, was so funny. <laughs> I remember we, we just, like, froze the screen. Yeah. Just to just, make sure. Just to make sure we read every single one, both positive and negative. And I'm pretty sure, at least I was, calculating how many of these things, good and bad, I've done. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, I think another thing we talked about 
was maybe this show would thrive better. It hasn't gotten 22 episodes. Right now it's slated to only have 13 episodes. And we are kind of comparing it to Scream Queens, saying that Scream Queens did really well in its first season because it was only the 13 episodes. If it had a full 22, I really don't think season two would be happening. I feel like Mm -hmm. it would have been too much. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. It wasn't over-the-top comedy like that. With the quirkiness of this type of show, mm-hmm. I think it, 13 episodes is probably appropriate. There's well, a limit to how much we can handle of that quirkiness. Well, and also, the show heavily involves CGI, so it's probably also kind of expensive for a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, now we're going to move on to Fox's new series, Pitch. It's a show st- uh, starring Kylie Bunbury, and she is Gina Baker, who's the first female to join the Major League in baseball. Uh, so we see her join the full male, uh, team and see how she's kind of getting used to that and what she can do. So I think that this show is ambitious in a way that I appreciate that they're kind of showing a woman joining the major leagues. And I think that that right there is an interesting concept. However, I think we all agree that the execution of the pilot had some problems. I agree. Um, one thing I've talked about was some my two of my favorite TV shows were Fr- our Friday Night Lights and One Tree Hill, both having that sport element to them, Friday Night Lights being football and One Tree Hill being basketball. And just taking the pilots of that show, those both of those shows, and not looking at anything else, an element that wanted to have me keep watching was they were both somewhat underdog teams or had something happen to them in the pilot that made them an underdog, and you wanted to see them grow. In Friday Night Lights, we had Jason Street's accident and what went on there. In One Tree Hill, we had half the basketball team getting suspended, and Lucas Scott had to jump in and really work with his brother Nathan. Um, So I'm a big fan of the underdog story. I understand that this is an underdog story with it being the first female pitcher, Mm -hmm. but the team as a whole, I don't see it being one of those types of underdog stories because they are a major league team. The San Diego baseball team does fairly well. Um, I just didn't see that underdog quality in the pilot. Because they're already at the top and they have nowhere to progress. Yeah. They don't really have anywhere to progress. As much as I did have the same issues with this, um, one thing that I did like about Pitch was the production value of it. I thought the cinematography was beautiful. I thought the music choice was beautiful. I thought it was edited well to the point where it did feel like a real sports program that you were watching. I'm kind of curious to see how long they're going to beat us over the head with the fact that she's a female and people think she doesn't belong here. I agree. Because I feel like that was really drilled into us, that there's maybe like, what, one or two people who are like, all right, she's fine, and the rest of them were all against her being a part of this team. And I don't know how long that could, how many episodes that kind of storyline can really stretch out before it becomes tedious. And I know Liv and I talked about it a little. There's a bit of a twist in the pilot. We won't give it away because we're trying to do a spoiler-free zone for you guys. Um, But there's a bit of a twist in the pilot that I think really closed off a major storyline that could have happened Mm -hmm. and gotten them away from it only being like, she's the first female and she's dealing with all the male like sexist, sexist comments that are coming at her. So I think that that detracted from the pilot, at least for me, for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to say. Um, I just think that that kind of closed a door to a storyline that I was actually interested in before the twist happened. One more issue that we kind of all discussed that we had with the pilot was that it felt like it was kind of taking a really long time to get through. 
at multiple points during the episode, I felt like it was about to end, and then it kept going. Yeah, I agree. Um, there are definitely some points where you could... We watched it a day later on, like, Hulu, so you can tell where the commercials were going, because obviously there'd be a big break in the story, and there were a few of them towards the end where I'm like, oh, this has to be the end of the episode, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Just kind of kept going. I think one check in their corner is Kylie Bunbury. Uh, taking on that lead role as Ginny. Yeah, she did a good job. I think she's really kind of the highlight of that entire show and is definitely carrying it. All right, now we're going to move on to NBC's new drama, This Is Us. Okay, so This Is Us is starring Milo Ventimiglima and Mandy Moore. It is about a group of people who all share the same birthday. It follows a couple who are about to have triplets, two twins, one an actor who is sort of struggling with his career and another one who's struggling with her weight and a man who was looking for his birth father who gave him up when he was a baby. So I really really liked this. This is probably one of my favorite things I've seen so far for the new pilot season. What I find so compelling about this is the fact that it is equal parts sad and equal parts funny. Um, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. I did both while watching just the pilot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. I think there's something for everyone in this. There's a character for everyone to relate to. And I, I just think that the further we go, the more deep these characters are going to get. And just like the more everyone is going to fall in love with them. I agree. I'm also very interested to see all these characters interact and how their relationships develop and Kind of see where that goes. Yeah, Nora and I are huge Parenthood fans, and this is kind of supposed to be the successor to Parenthood. It was really marketed towards that, and I think it definitely does fill that space in your heart a little bit. If you're looking for the family drama, if you're looking for a character-driven show that's about the people, like the real people, and the way they go through their life, and just like the ordinariness of it and the extraordinariness of that, this is definitely a show to watch. Yeah, like Liv said, I watched Parenthood since literally day one. I remember sitting on my couch and watching it for Lauren Graham because I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan. Um, And I was really upset when that show ended because I think it was one of the last great family dramas. We don't see a lot of family dramas anymore. And Parenthood came shortly after Brothers and Sisters, another one of my favorite shows. So there was always a successor to it. And when Parenthood ended uh, two years ago at this point, I was really nervous. We'd kind of crested over the family drama. So I'm really excited that This Is Us is kind of the standout pilot of the entire season. Everybody's talking about it and everybody loves it. And I'm really happy that it's a family drama. Not that I'm a huge superhero fan. I love all the superhero shows on TV. Walking Dead's my favorite show. I love all that kind of stuff. But I'm really happy to have a ground somewhat grounded family drama in the mix of shows i think that these storylines um they all interconnect a little bit yeah um, there's a twist at the end of the pilot we're not going to give it away that we didn't see coming or the average tv watch didn't see coming and mm-hmm. uh, think that that really added something to this pilot as a whole to kind of try to take a grounded family drama and give it something that you didn't see coming i think that was kind of cool And I think that's what makes it stand out from parenthood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like we're, because nothing's going to ever replace the Braverman family, I don't think. (laughs) So the fact that they have this twist element, Mm -hmm. which has happened in the first two episodes now at this point, is setting them apart from parenthood. So they're kind of running like a concurrent course, but This Is Us is really standing apart. 
You want to know what I really liked about this now that I'm like actually thinking about it? Mm-hmm. This is us is just so genuine. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing gimmicky about this show. Yeah. It's literally their it's lives. So it's so genuine in its content and I don't have any for example, with the good place, I have concerns about its longevity, whereas I really don't have very many concerns for this one at all. Yeah. Because from the very first second, you're connected with these characters. Yeah. You care about them. You want them to succeed, and you can see that they like will have issues doing that. Yeah, it has a certain sincerity to it, that these people are good at heart, even if when they're going to mess up, we can already see them sort of messing up and fumbling a little bit, but you want to like rise and fall with them. Well, and they actually seem like real people yeah. already after one episode. Yeah. Like, they're not perfect. This isn't the perfect happy family. And I kind of think what really helps this is us is the creator dan fogelman he's actually also created pitch Mm -hmm. so he's got two pilots running right now but he did the movie crazy stupid love yeah um a few years ago with steve carell one of my favorite movies by the way (laughs) it's one of all of our favorite movies and i when i saw that in the trailer first of all i was already hooked Because I was, like, absolutely 110%. But in Crazy Stupid Love, he had the ability to create those such, like, flawed and perfect characters. And we're, like, bringing them to this. Well, and he also had a big twist at the end of Crazy Stupid Love, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Eureka. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely think Fogelman is kind of driving these characters forward. And I'm really happy about that. Also, the, just the acting across the board on This Is Us. No one's flat. Just a note, it's so odd to see Milo Vintimoglima and Mandy Moore playing parents. Uh, <laughs> aren't they teenagers still? <laughs> Where, where's Jess and, uh, I don't know. Every character. Every character. Mandy Moore ever played. played. Yeah. Um, from Milo and Mandy, and then Sterling K. Brown, oh, fresh yeah. off an Emmy win for People vs. O.J., um, he's doing incredible stuff in there. And then Chrissy Metz, who's relatively unknown, and Justin Hartley, who's relatively unknown. You probably see him in a few things. But that core cast is just, like, knocking out mm-hmm. of the park in episode one, even. It's, like, insane. Great chemistry. Uh, now we're going to move on to ABC's new political drama, Designated Survivor. Um, the show follows Tom, played by Kiefer Sutherland, who has been tasked as the Designated Survivor during a, um, a meeting of the Supreme Court and um, Congress and everybody is in the Capitol. And he's been nominated as the designated survivor. And then a cataclysmic event, an attack on the Capitol happens and he, the president has been killed and he is now sworn in as the president of the United States. And it stars Kiefer Sutherland, Italia Ricci, Maggie Q, Cal Penn, and a bunch of other great new people that you guys are going to fall in love with. So Designated Survivor surprised me a little bit. I think it really kind of set itself apart as far as political dramas go. I think we see a lot of kind of a similar tone to the shows like um, like Scandal Mm -hmm. or House of Cards and the thing, the way that we're kind of like put in the White House with people who know what they're doing. And it's kind of interesting to see Kiefer Sutherland's character and like be there with him in the moment and kind of, like, discover things about the presidency in the moment with him. Right, because he doesn't know he what he's no, doing yeah. at all. Yeah. I love political dramas. Uh, no secret. <laughs> no secret whatsoever. Um, 
The West Wing is one of my favorite shows. Uh, I've watched Scandal since literally day one. The fact that Designated Survivor was able to hook me in a way that other political dramas haven't been able to is like a really a testament to the show. The fact that I'm currently watching Scandal and House of Cards and then I have made room for this other political drama is like a testament to like the writing and the storyline and really the acting of the show. It I really liked the pilot. My favorite part about Designated Survivor was that they managed to balance those like action-packed uh, scenes where the FBI is trying to figure out who did it. They they find that other bomb. They do all that with all those quiet moments where you can really get in touch with the characters, like when Tom and Alex are sharing the moments as he's sworn into uh, presidency, and even after that, when they just share these quiet moments of fear over their children. And uh, also the two siblings, they share a cute moment. And I just thought that worked really well because you Mm -hmm. can connect with the characters that are thrown into this new situation. Right. Well, and you bring up the whole point about being sworn in. It was such a striking image to see for half this episode, Tom is in the White House in a sweatsuit. Mm -hmm. He gets sworn in in a sweatsuit. And as someone who's seen a couple, you know, presidential inaugurations, they're usually in the the absolute best tailored suits. And here he is getting sworn in in this tiny little room on a, the the footage on a camera phone yeah. mm-hmm. of him being sworn in in a sweatsuit. And the fact that later he has to borrow a suit from somebody yeah. who works at the White House because he doesn't have a suit fitting for a president exactly. is just another amazing thing. I think that this pilot was really strong in the sense that it set up a bunch of conflict already, and it's intriguing. I think that we've got, like, you know, obviously Tom is, he, like, equipped to handle this. Who who set off the bomb are the people who are already, like, opposing him and want him gone. You know, you've got, like, so many different, like, storylines up in the air, and not just his. Every, but every character is sort of beginning their own storyline. And it's very interesting, and it's good to see that the show is already has an idea of where it's going. Off of that, um, I really think at its core, it's an ensemble show. It may, it really was marketed as Kiefer Sutherland's return to mm-hmm. TV. Yeah. He did touch in between 24 in this, but this has really kind of been marketed as his return to TV. And so going into the pilot, I was like, oh, this is really going to be Tom's story. This is going to be Kiefer telling us this story. And then I was very pleasantly surprised when it was like, we got a lot of Tom. We got a lot of Alex. We got a lot of Emily. We got a lot of Hannah. We've got all of these other characters that are dealing with storylines concurrent to Tom's own story. So I really think it surprised me that how much of an ensemble show it ended up being. I think it was a pleasant surprise, too. It works really well. This show actually broke the DVR um, ratings record, the live plus seven days DVR um, that How to Get Away with Murder previously held. And it was up monumentally. This time slot was held by Nashville for a very long time. It's Wednesdays at 10 o'clock, a somewhat competitive time slot. And the fact that it's pulled out of the gate already, it's been picked up for 22 episodes already. That's something really, really awesome for Mm -hmm. it. And another thing I think is, as much as I love her, it's not a Shonda Rhimes show, which I think is very important for ABC right right now. Because ABC, like, think about it, all last season it was all about their comedies on Wednesdays and Tuesdays, 
and TGIT on Thursdays. She's almost been like a crutch for them. Yeah. Years. Been like, very reliant on Shonda. Yeah, like you know she's going to churn out everything. People are going to watch it. Currently, right, well, even, like, currently, like, Grey's Anatomy is seeing its best numbers in four or five seasons. Mm -hmm. How to Get Away with Murder is, like, topping the charts already. Scandal's been held to mid-season, but you know that's going to be big once again. And the fact that Designated Survivor has swooped in, and it's a non-Shonda Rhimes run show, is just kind of ABC being, like, we don't need her to do a great drama, which I think is really important for them, because it really was the comedies and then Shonda. Right. And then moving on, we've got ABC's new comedy, Speechless. Speechless is about a family with three kids, and the eldest son has special needs. It stars Minnie Driver, and it is kind of an oddball, quirk, quirky kind of family, but their issues are very real, and they're moving to like a new town and starting over again, and it is absolutely hilarious. The first time we watched this pilot... The first thing I thought of was uh, The Middle mixed with Malcolm in the Middle, two of my favorite underrated sitcoms, I think. And the fact that this show has some of those similar qualities but is still being real and relevant and new, I really enjoyed. I loved this show. Being from Czech Republic, American humor doesn't always land with me, so... Um, the fact that this sitcom did and I managed to like, laugh out loud at the jokes, they really landed with me. I was so happy because I am nervous sometimes going into sitcoms because some of the cultural re- references are a little lost on me sometimes, but this one did really well and I really enjoyed it. This one was also, I don't think, on any of our radars. Mm-hmm. Like, The Good Place, it might have been because I went to Comic-Con, but The Good Place was kind of like everywhere. It was being marketed as, like, the great comedy to watch. And Speechless, literally, for me, came out of absolutely nowhere. It really snuck up on us. Yeah. For everyone, really. Yeah, I don't think anybody was really genuinely prepared for ABC to have yet another comedy under their belt. Well, I think part of it was Mini Driver's last um, sitcom, was it the... About a Boy. About, about a, a boy, boy didn't do well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's kind of hard to, like, see an actress jump from one sitcom to another without being like, concerned that it's not going to be as, like, that good. I think that Minnie Driver definitely proved everyone wrong with this song. She's hysterical. She is, like, the driving force behind this show. She's this, like, almost, she's, like, neurotic and kind of all up in everyone's face about her oldest son, who is played by Micah Fowler, who is actually, who actually does have the disability that his character has, which is a great, good detail. Um... She's, Mini Driver is, like, fabulous, in a word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I already said it, but, like, I would love to see her get an Emmy nom for this. Mm-hmm. Already. Oh, yeah. We're, like, three episodes in at this point, and I'm already, like, yes. She could get it. Hand her an <laughs> award right now. I also really think it stands out amongst ABC's other comedies without straying too far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, it's still within their wheelhouse. Like, they've got Blackish, they've got the Goldbergs, they've got the Middle, they've got Modern Family, they got Fresh Off the Boat. So it's within their wheelhouse, but, like, it stands on its own, which I really like. I really love the characters of this show. They're all very relatable, and just their stories that they have are so hilarious, and it totally ha- it could totally happen to any of us, which makes this show so great. 
I think one of my favorite details about this show is just that the family is so, yeah. like, lovably out of place and all over, like, chaotic and messy. Their house is kind of, like, falling down. You know, they're the kind of family that, like, breaks the speed limit to try to get to a diner before their ten, like, minutes to spare before a coupon runs out. They're kind of, like, crazy like that, and it's just kind of hysterical to see people who are, like, very... Like, relatable, not to say that the, some of the other sitcoms out there, you don't see that all the time. Like, you know, the house is always messy. You kind of want to, like, she's kind of always yelling. She doesn't want to apologize ever, say she's wrong. It's kind of nice to see that they still have those flaws even in, like, a half an hour sitcom. Like, not that this is a spoiler, but we're in episode three and they still don't have furniture in their house. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like, so real and, like, I just really enjoyed that. Well, and on a more serious note, this show is going to hopefully set up a very important narrative about the way people with special needs can sometimes yeah. be treated, mm-hmm. um, sort of patronizingly. So hopefully that will change. Yeah, and they like set up the jokes where it's like, you laugh at it and then you think about it and you're like, ooh. Have I done that? Have I done, yeah, yeah. yeah. have I done that? And so it's like really making you think and also like shining a light on kind of this whole culture of people with disabilities. But not in a pushy way where it feels like we're not after school. Yeah, yeah, not preachy. It's not like an after school special where we're you not feel like you're up in here. No. <laughs> no. It feels natural. It feels it's it's funny the yeah, way they present it. I really it. enjoy it. Yeah, and like I said, Micah Fowler actually has that disability, so he is able to understand that character and really give him a good like a good representation. Yeah. Um, now we're going to all go around and talk about our favorite pilot we've talked about and kind of what we hope, where it'll go within its first season. So I think my favorite pilot was This Is Us. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm just I'm enjoying the blending of genres throughout the show. Um, and I think that the characters are just going to be so rich and interesting. And they're going to make you love them even when you hate them. And so I just think it's going to be a really interesting ride. I loved Speechless just because it really did surprise me. I'm very curious to see where these characters are going to go. How much of a mess can they be even more? Are they ever going to get furniture? That's one of the questions I want answered. My favorite pilot was also This Is Us. I think that I was really missing that family drama, and I'm glad to have that filled in again. I think I want to see more about just like basically about these people. I want to watch them fall and I want to watch them succeed in everything they do. And it's going to break my heart and put it back together again. Um, My favorite pilot was Designated Survivor. Um, I'm a big sucker for a political drama. I was a huge 24 fan and I'm really excited to see Kiefer Sutherland back kind of to what he knows um, I love all of the actors that are currently on this show, from Italia Ricci to Maggie Q. Um, and I'm really excited to see where this goes and how Tom's presidency unfolds and how we learn about the presidency and kind of what goes on within Washington with him. Kind of like we mentioned, I like that usually we get political dramas where it's like they're already in office, they kind of know what's going on and we go from there. But with Tom, he was basically a civilian, like he was a low level cabinet member. Um, and now he's president of the United States. So I'm really excited to see where it goes, and I'm excited for the 22-episode ride we've got here. All right, that's it for Episode 5. Thanks for listening.